This show is brought to you by Occupy Medical, free integrated healthcare for all, Sundays 12 to 4 in downtown Eugene, Oregon. Welcome to Show 47 Herb Lab, our reactions about Show 46, Radical Mycology with Peter McCoy. From there, we answer an Herbal 101 question, followed by Herbs of the News. And finally, we finish off with a preview of Show 48. If you want to add to our discussion, please comment on our website at the bottom of the podcast show notes. We'd love to hear from you. Now, here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. It has been a fermentatious <laughs> week, hasn't it? Has. Yes. <laughs> Lots of things are brewing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, after reading this giant uh, radical mycology book that Peter McCoy wrote and then sent us, it's hard not to be inspired. Exactly. I you jumped know? into the or the um, his idea of doing the dried mushrooms in water in a crock pot. Yeah. And just letting it go. So I did that this weekend. On low. On low, yeah. Just letting okay. it go 24 hours a day. I did it for like three days in a row. And what mushrooms did you have in there? Uh, this time around, I used some dried oyster mushrooms and some dried shiitake mushrooms. Mm-hmm. The shiitakes I had, I love them. And they're generally nutritious and I think balancing. Yeah, sure. And then oyster mushrooms are, what are those? Those have a bunch of anti-cancer properties. Not the, that I'm terribly worried about that. Yeah, well, it's always good to have that on your side i figured so how did it taste when you were done with it it tastes good yeah tastes really good so then i um i was doing some other stuff it turns out making soup stock is nowadays called bone broth oh is that what it is so i made bone broth (laughs) without the bone it's a vegan it wasn't mine was not no actually i was i was making beef stock because i take all the bones as we eat and, and yeah. use them and I stick them in the freezer and when I've got enough I stick them in the, in the pot and mm-hmm. add the other things like mushroom ends I, have right. a, I usually yep. have a lot of mushroom stems and things that I've saved and kale mm-hmm. and other you know basic beef stock stuff and stick that in the pot and I had made bone broth so then you're just adding the strain well what I did is strain. I was canning that up and I thought, oh, there's still space in the canner. I'm going to strain off a quart of this mushroom broth, pot, mushroom yeah. broth, and stick that into its own quart. And I canned that up. So it's just water and the mushrooms. You're not yeah. putting salt or right. Yeah, just water and dried mushrooms, okay. straight up. And since I was because I was doing a beef stock, I was canning it for a long time. Mm-hmm. The particular batch that I was doing was the one that at the end of making a beef stock, there's all those little bits of beef that come off the bones Mm -hmm. so there's enough that you stick that in the bottom of a quart jar fill it up with beef stock and in in your last round of canning you put that in with all the others and you you can it for like 90 minutes i mean it's a ridiculously long time but i figured what the heck i can safely can if i put the mushrooms in and do it that long that's like the longest time you ever have to can anything like even fish right canning tuna it's like 90 minutes yeah, 10 wow. pounds pressure. So yeah. I was like, oh, that'll be safe. I stuck the, the mushroom broth in with that. So I have a quart canned up ready for me later this summer when I don't feel like having the heat of mm-hmm. the crock pot on anymore. And that's uh, mushroom broth that you had done the crock pot prior. So you really yes. extracted all of it. It wasn't like you just put mushrooms in a canning jar and put it in the Right. Uh, yeah. The pressure it was canner. like brown, right? Yeah. yeah like it's brown. a really, sure. yeah, it's a dark brown. And then I topped off my crock pot with the, the mushrooms that were already in there. I just topped it off and let it go some more. And the next day, 
and you know the next couple of days I had some not as strong but still quite strong mushroom broth and I added a little each day I had a little miso paste to it and turned it into a nice little tea it's really mm, tasty that'd be good just you have your leftovers and you at the end when you're done it's like throw some noodles in there mm-hmm. some chopped fresh veggies and yeah, makes for that, super yeah. easy. That's multiple food items. Yeah. Delicious. I was digging around in my garden and pulled out a couple of the parsleys you know, nice. that had gone yeah. to seed. Yeah. And so there's this giant root and yeah. I cut the the top off of it and threw the root in the freezer. And I think I'll I'll do that with the mushrooms. I think that would be good. With that the, would make sense. Yeah. Start the mushrooms because I got good. some dry ones that have been waiting and throw that in there and then this like the second day or something throw the throw the parsley right it's in got there. such a nice zippy taste i think it's earthy but it's still yeah. got some parsley root. it's got some nice spark to it it's I good for your kidneys yeah i was gonna say isn't parsley root is good for is. your kidneys and circulatory system yeah right? i usually save it the the parsley root i'll cut it up when it's not woody yet mm-hmm. and then um dry it in my in my toaster oven and then it has a really sweet taste so i'm eating like uh, like yeah, chips yeah now. yeah i've tried parsley root a couple times drying it myself but i never it always ends up being woody hard little rocks oh yeah you gotta make <laughs> it really work. thin yeah, yeah really that thin. makes sense yeah makes a lot of sense yeah so I, what did you do with mushrooms this week oh did with you, mushrooms yeah i mean i i i think that the biggest thing for me that stands out is medicinal and yeah, it's at clinic and you've done, you've seen rishi, a lot of rishis coming through. A lot through. of rishis. And this, because rishi is so good for so many different things, it's easy to, when you have a person that comes in, they have a complex medical issue that, mm-hmm. you know, they don't just have, they didn't just come in for high blood pressure. They came in because they have all these other concerns. They have diabetes and all kinds of stuff. And rishi just hits so many different levels and, and so many people respond to mushrooms um, psychologically, it seems right. like they may go, oh, herbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if they yeah. work, but you say, well, what about this mushroom? Like, oh, whoa, oh I didn't realize you were going to. Yeah, there's offer definitely me that, you there's know, a huh. culture of mystery around mushrooms, yeah. especially in our country. I don't know about other countries, but mm-hmm. here for sure. Oh, that's witch doctory stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're going to reach that deep in your voodoo bag. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But there is there is a lot of stuff on the news. It seems more things on people are getting all this research about mushrooms. So when they hear about it, it's it's hardcore stuff that they're treating. You know, like cancer, tr- turkey tail for breast cancer. Right, and breast yeah. cancer is tough. That is a hard know? one. Yeah. So to have something for doctors to hold on to. You know, with a bunch of science behind it and seeing all the success, you know, yeah. who isn't happy with that? Right. right. <laughs> so that sticks in people's head and, and you, you know, they, you may offer them, I find in my clinic, like, well, there's this option, this option. And, and they're kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, and they say, or there's Rishi, if you just want to try it. Oh, yeah. Well, Rishi. Now, I know if I was doing it. Rishi, I would probably add it to that crock pot of broth. That's the way I would do it, you know. Cut off chunks and stick it in my giant broth. Rishi, oh, have you eaten it before? I've never I'm sure I've just used it as medicine. Like it's so bitter. Yeah, that's it's, what I've heard is it's bitter, but that's... Uh, and mean, that's that's when it's good. Right. That's yeah, the mark the that stuff. it's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's how I would probably do it. That's why I was going to ask. How are you using it in a clinic? Because I don't imagine most people would take it the way I would. I mean, right. for me, if it's right for me and it's bitter, it usually tastes good to me. Yeah. So, well, very... the. <laughs> 
um, the ganoderic acid is what makes it so bitter. And that's mm-hmm. in the triterpenes. That's one of the triterpenes. And that's your, that's your note that you've got good quality reishi. If it's just tastes meh, kind of just a little woody, then you don't have good quality. It's probably old. Kind of like good valerian root should be really strong. It tastes like some like horrible old teenage Jim boy feet. Yeah. Or something I like that. that. Not that like stuff, many, but... many people have experience chewing on teenage boy feet uh, perhaps a zombie <laughs> listener in the background would go, oh gosh no, i zombie I chick that. i zombie chick yes yeah. perhaps one never knows but the the fact of that the matter is there is such a, a huge amount of things that that rishi works on and and i don't know of anything that's that's counterindicated for it no i don't know, <laughs> you know? i don't know offhand i do know that for some people like for myself reishi feels like the energy is just really really charged yeah and so I haven't really actually taken reishi myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's good for allergies. Yes, I've, it is good for allergies. But yeah. for me, the it allergy medicines good. that actually work are the ones that energetically feel like they're dampening and quieting uh, rather right. than pick-me-ups. Yeah. So cool. like Claritin is a pick-me-up style. It mm-hmm. makes you feel really charged. That's not good for me. That doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't, that just makes it worse. Right. So reishi is not one that I've tried yet. Yeah. It's not to say I won't though. Right. Well, the, none of the nice things about reishi is that the, again, we're talking about the triterpenes where what they do is they um, suppress your histamine producing. Right. Uh, yeah. In, in the body. So you're not making the histamines to react to it, which is pretty nice. And, and there's a lot of things that just seems to, to moderate, which are connected to so many other things like your cardiovascular or your digestive system or your, it's just seems like, I'm not going to say one size fits all because there's no such thing. No, there isn't. But there are some herbs that seem to work really well for a very wide number of people. And there's a reason why in China, reishi has been a revered mushroom for, you know, centuries upon centuries. For sure. There's a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. And there is actually a, a study that um, it's got kind of a long and boring <laughs> name here. Uh, let's see. The Applied Microbiological Bio, oh gosh, Biotechnology Center um, or something. Uh, in two th- November 2002, uh, Vosser, W-A-S-S-E-R, he published this study in Publet, PubMed. And it's called Medicinal Mushrooms as a Source of Anti-Tumor and Immun, immunodulate, Im, oh gosh, it's <laughs> right. I'll put the link. Modulating it's okay. polysaccharides. Yeah, we'll, okay. we'll get the link into the show okay. notes so folks Sorry. can find po- the actual notes. study. Yeah. So polysaccharides. This is a quote from it. Polysaccharides from mushrooms do not attack cancer cells directly, but produce their anti-tumor effects by activating different immune responses in the host, which is yeah. which makes it easier medicine for particularly people that are sick to yes. tolerate so it's their body working more effectively to heal themselves right and it's kind of like the mushroom comes up to you and says hey i can tell you need some help let me help you get started using right. your own tools to fix your own problem that's right here's a here's a little extra helping yes <laughs> you when you teach a, a human cell to fish yeah yes, exactly <laughs> yeah. so i thought yeah, that was i a- i dug into my own um, plan for using some mushrooms for helping my allergies mm-hmm. by being decadent and buying four morel mushrooms. Oh the boy. Grocery. Four of them, four tiny. They were like three inches tall each. Mm-hmm. 
They cost me almost a buck a piece. Oh, $50 wow. a pound. Can you believe that? Uh, it was yeah. just me, though. It's so spring. I figured, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go for it. You're going to buck up. Yeah. You know, get your $4. <laughs> yeah, forget the steak. I don't yeah. need that. I want the, the morel mushrooms. mushrooms. Were they delicious? They were absolutely delicious. So what's the great thing about that flavor you can't get from other ones? I don't know. They're sort of this buttery, slightly earthy, but not... And texture? What's their texture like? I fried them, stir fried them. So I stir fried them with some oyster mushrooms. I Mm. heated heated the oil, added like a handful, like 10 whole chili peppers, the Mm -hmm. dried red Chinese style chili peppers. Of course. You know, because you got to get this stuff (laughs) activating, right? That's right. (laughs) And it's in our peppers. Yep. (laughs) I took those out and I added the mushrooms that I just broken up, you know, the morels and then the oysters and fried those until they look done and then put Mm -hmm. them aside and put the chilies with them aside. And then I think I drizzled a little bit of sesame oil on them Mm. and they were absolutely delicious. You just had them on their own or did you have them with something else? I did another stir fry thing and had them with rice. Nice. Yeah, it was absolutely delicious. But morels, I read about it afterwards, you know, as if I'm like planning out, right? Right. Uh, I wish I was that brilliant. But it turns out morels are actually supposed to be good for allergies. And I think it's that same triglyceride thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think they have them probably not at the same levels that reishi does, though, because it wasn't. Morels don't have the energy, at least when I feel them, they don't have the same energy of like supercharge. They're uplifting, but not. Mm-hmm. Reishi is like smack you upside the head. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty powerful intense. stuff. Yeah. Well, triterpenes, those are steroidal hormones. And they're found in a number of different plants. It's probably exactly what you said. It's, it's yeah. the amount that's yeah. in there. But uh, like all the the polysaccharides that we were just talking about, those are um, just carbohydrates. And that's right. what makes up cell walls. Mm-hmm. Uh, the water-soluble ones are the uh, ones that are in mushrooms and bugs, should you get mm. into bug chewing. Well, we have so many right. ants around here. Oh, mm-hmm. waste not, want Her not. Ants, and they are sugar ants. So, Delicious. You know, I could just fry them up with a little bit of sugar. I'm sure. Make some candy-coated ants. Mm-hmm. Or put them in the popcorn popper. I can put them in the sugar <laughs> and fry them with some fennel seeds. Yeah, no one would know the difference. Them, yeah, you no wouldn't one would be know. the most hated person in the house. <laughs> no, no. We're joking about this, by the way, folks. Don't, don't unless you're an ant eater. Patrick looks like he's Maybe breaking out so in a sweat over there. They're <laughs> <laughs> ah, great ideas. I think we've deviated. <laughs> we probably have. So the last thing that we tried tried over this last week we actually tried it earlier in the month we started a kombucha thing but oh your, right but, but yeah. your inspiration was, it was from reading from, the book yeah, so. yeah earlier in the month when i was doing the reading on that um i came across the kombucha in there and i thought hey that's right that's fungi what the heck yeah you know, yeah so. and he has some good directions in here about kombucha and information about it and he talks about scobies <laughs> which is just initials yes Something blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeast. really? I didn't know it was an acronym. Yes, yeah. it's an acronym. Yeah. It's a acronym for a community of certain type of bacteria-eating cells or something. I can't yeah, remember. I forgot why. A slimy community of bacteria. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. I, you know. Yeah, so. and, it, and it was slimy. That's yeah, I mean. it is really slimy. And in the past, I have, we did, we did kombucha once. For a while, for a span of maybe three or four months, like a decade ago. Uh I mean, it's been a long time since I last did this. And 
it produced in me the strongest feeling of nausea. When you tried the kombucha? To look at it, to deal with it, even trying it, it was really, and I don't normally get that strong a reaction. So Uh I just decided, well, apparently kombucha is not for me. Right. You know, and I, I didn't, and Patrick ate, Patrick and Finn drank all the kombucha that and I they made liked and they liked it That's a lot cool. and it was great. And then I got sick of making it and they didn't feel that strongly about it. So that was the end of kombucha for 10 uh-huh. years. So I started it up again because I thought, well, you know, according to what I'm reading here, kombucha is supposed to be really good for your digestive system. Mm-hmm. I mean, God knows that's good for my family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Sure. We all digestive system is one of the challenged areas in our particular family. Mm-hmm. So, so I thought, well, what the heck? SCOBY um, stands for Symbiotic Communities of Bacteria and Yeast. See? Uh, symbiotic. Symbiotic. Community. Of bacteria, bacteria and, and yeast. yeast. Okay. Yes. Everything that you'd want to normally drink. The tiniest yeah. hippie comma, commune. Yeah. 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 I mean, if someone actually so said that, I'm like, I, oh, ew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can put your SCOBY <clears throat> outside. You take your SCOBY and give it to your chickens. And it looks, and it looks, it looks hideous. Horrible. And it, it does feel kind of slightly slimy and rubbery. It's But you're not eating that part. No, well, no, but like the, that's like the mother, if right. you will. That's like yeah. the top of it. And then, but there are tendrils that will come down from it into the, mm-hmm. there's like a jellyfish sometimes. Yeah. Yes, it's a little bit, <laughs> it's a little creepy to be mm-hmm. honest, but at the same time, it isn't creeping me out nearly as much this time around. Oh, good. So over the last week or so, we got to the point where I, I had made my thing and I'm scoby sitting for somebody else. So I had all this kombucha and I decided to try the carbonation thing. And, and we actually did, we went with first simple stage carbonation. I just made a really strong, tasty herbal tea. Right. From like tea bags, like constant comment. I didn't even go all out. I uh-huh. just wanted like super simple, really strong berry tea. Right. And I used the same sugar ratio that you use for making the original kombucha tea. So I figured that's probably pretty safe. So I use that to charge the bottles. And what I've heard so far from the kombucha drinker is that it's been good. Cool. Well, yeah, and the fizziness. first one we did was fizzy. And the second one I did today was um, the same fizzy. batch, had no fizz to it. Hmm. And I don't, but it didn't, I Why? I don't know if it was sealed all the way either. I'm not sure. Oh. Um, but hey, it was still, it tasted good. It just, I like a little fizzy in my. What kind of mind. bottles are you putting that in? Oh, we use, um. Rolls bottles or bottles with a swing top, with swing top bottom, okay. yeah, with a gasket. It's really easy to use. You don't have to keep recapping it. You know, right? You just They're a out. nice sturdy glass too. They're used for like brewing beer. Yeah. So you want a good sturdy glass if you're going to naturally carbonate. Right. Like the why? Because the They'll glass. Oh yeah, they can explode. Even for beer brewing, it's really better to either purchase or get like the old returnable bottles. Um, I don't know out in the Midwest if they still have those. Out here, we don't. We well, don't have returnable those. cases. Yeah, returnables where they reuse the same bottles over and over and over. Those mm-hmm. were made with heavy, thick glass. Yeah, I've seen that. Like, Which yeah, is so environmentally friendly. I don't know why they stopped doing that. But that's a different topic. Yeah, that's a whole different. <laughs> it grinds my gears. Know. So now the bottles that you buy from the store that have the deposit, yeah, those are not returnables, and they're not really good for. I know a lot of people who do carbonate their beers in those but it's unwise because little, little if you end up with a beer that's over carbonated which is oh. honestly very easy to do you can end up with a glass bomb yeah you know a little molotov cocktail sort of wow. beginner in your in your fridge well, and, it's you know. usually it ends up just cracking you hear this pop 
and they just cracks. Oh, like a canning jar when that right. But when that happened to us, we weren't using the the cheap bottles. That happened on a returnable, and it was a simple crack. Yeah, I would be worried about what it would do. With a larger one. Better safe than sorry. Yeah. You're going to put all that energy to it. Mm-hmm. Be safe. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, we tried so carbonating some. Big. Yeah, we tried carbonating some kombucha and that worked out pretty well. It's cool. Yeah, you, and the people that we, we had a social this weekend and people that had drunk or drank uh, kombucha before loved it. They, mm-hmm. they, oh, this is really good. It's a nice fizz. How'd you get that flavor in it? What did you put in there? Well, Candace, when she charged it, she charged it with different flavored tea. So she had her base kombucha, and then after that, she you know added sugar and flavored tea to it to give it a you know. A yeah, flavor. my base mm-hmm. tea is just black tea, and it's like the harsh chai making stuff that you buy. The Indian India, I think it's called India tea. It's mm-hmm. the really like harsh stuff that mm-hmm. you buy from making chai in the traditional Indian way, not the fancy. Oregon chai and all these other weird things that aren't actually taste anything like the chai that I've had from real Indian people who knew mm-hmm. what they were doing. I use the stuff they say to get, which is usually a fairly cheap salon or Assam tea. Mm-hmm. And it's like gravel. It's super dark. Yeah, it's yeah. really dark. It makes a very dark, harsh tasting tea. Mm-hmm. So I did that and, and used the same amount as what they said. You know, the, the equivalent of eight tea bags. Right. Well, I was following some of your pictures that you posted as you were making it, and yeah, it's creepy looking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was trying to find a polite word to say. It certainly was no, lively. It doesn't look tasty at all. Mm. It looks absolutely awful. But honestly, those are like some of the most liked pictures of my Instagram feed. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> so I think kombucha people are a special breed. They definitely are. Yeah, they're like more mucus. <laughs> nice. I think wow. you should put those together as a time lapse. Oh, oh, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Watching it through. Yeah. And finished product at the end. Well, thank you all for talking about that. I love this conversation. And if you guys out in the listening audience would like more information, links, links and resources that we mentioned on this program, then you should check out our show notes, which is on the practicalherbalist.com slash podcast. Now, when you check that out, also make sure you sign up for our free newsletter, which includes the links to the recipes and the how-tos and our eBooks, which we are proudly written by the Practical Globalist team, and more detailed information on topics that we discussed on this podcast as we publish them on realherbalismradio.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Pinterest, and join in our conversations on Twitter. And we really would like you guys to join in our discussion. And when you go to the comment section, just Make some comments about what you see, and we'll be happy to talk back at you. Yeah, ask a question, uh, or if you listen to the podcast and you have a comment about it, give it to us. Yeah, we can handle it. Now it's time for a Real Herbalism Radio sponsor break. Occupy Medical is a free street reach integrated health clinic that demonstrates by example that healthcare really is a human right. We're an all-volunteer clinic of doctors, nurses, herbalists, and others working together to heal the community. What kind of donations are you guys looking for? We need vitamins, herbs, socks, toothbrushes, and of course, good old-fashioned money. You can find a complete list of our needs and contact information at occupy-medical.org. Occupy Medical is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Now, back to the show. Herbalism 101. This is part of the show... Where Sue and Candace answer a listener question 
or teach you about an herbal definition or term covering basic to advanced herbal knowledge. If you would like the dirt on herbs, herbalism, or anything else related, you can send your question using our simple contact form at realherbalismradio.com slash herbalism101. If we choose your question for the show, we will send you a free PDF ebook, Natural Nutrition by the Practical Herbalist, currently available for $4.99 at the Practical Herbalist store. Here's Candace and Sue to discuss this show's Herbalism 101 topic. Today's question comes from Sherry. Sherry asks, what are the best herbs to take for increased energy? Candace, Sue? That is actually a simple yet somewhat complex question, well, right? They all are. They, they all are. are. We they always get are. these little questions and then we maybe we overthink it. I don't know, but <laughs> there's always more answer to it than So what's than your energy upper? Your favorite? Coffee. <laughs> That Obviously, is too much energy for me. Well, yeah. Oh my god! Well, there's there's all the things with the caffeine and the coffee and the tea and some people like herba mate. I was just talking yeah, to I've some of that young guy drinking mate out of a fancy straw and a gourd, and he was all excited <laughs> about it. I love the idea of that. Did he I have can, a man bun? He did not have a man bun, but he had a friend who I can't remember. It's from Argentina and brought it back from Argentina. Ooh, yeah. it was probably actually good. It was actually probably extremely legitimate. It was adorable. I loved it. I had a gourd with the little fancy straw. I tried that stuff. It did not work out for me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. It's, it's it was kind of they're beautiful. They are the little gourds with love the silver trimmings and everything. Yeah, I yeah. love the idea of it. Yep. Yeah, that's so, supposed to be a good stimulant. A huge stimulant. Obviously, coffees and teas. Yeah. We all know about that. Yeah, but those are stimulants for people that can handle that kind of energy. For some people, it gives them heart yeah. palpitations or, yeah. you know, they, they don't come down off it nicely. They they crash. Right. So yeah, and coffee is like coffee, for instance. It's one you have to be aware of. It's a stimulant in many ways, including a laxative. Exactly. It stimulates all yeah. kinds of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So Anybody yeah. that's taking a couple cups of coffee, they're, they're in the bathroom, yep. you know, back and forth. So. Yeah. Teas have varying levels of stimulation. I mean, the pours that the monks drank or drink, do drink in the frigid the cold. The pours. Pours. Poor tea. P U apostrophe E R H. Sometimes oh. it's just spelled P U E R or P U E R H. Mm-hmm. Those are um, Tibetan, essentially. I mean, it was they were they were compressed brick teas that were made so they could be traveled. Oh, okay, I've seen those traded. before. Sure. Yeah, so those were used by the monks as a strong stimulant and a warming. They're good for when you're going to go sit and do meditation. Mm-hmm. You have to be aware without thinking of anything. Mm-hmm. Empty your mind for six hours and sit here on the cold stones in the mountains in Tibet. I mean, mm-hmm. I like I like really poor instead of coffee in the afternoons. Yeah, because oh. it's a it's a nice earthy flavor. Earthy flavor. Right. And that's a nice and strong stimulant. Yeah. It well, really is. I don't know about that, but, yeah. but I like it. Yeah. Well, in my opinion, it's strong. well. Everybody, everybody gets affected by different things. Like yeah. uh, I, I know my father. He got off of coffee and got onto licorice, licorice tea. That was his substitute. It, that you know, seems crazy to me because it never feels like a stimulant, but it tastes so good. It tastes really good, and I think that he was actually having problems with blood sugar. Mm. So um, that's what was stabilizing so was for stable, him. Yeah, yeah. So and licorice should be a stimulant. Yeah, for for him, as it kept his blood sugar. Consistent. Isn't it not a very good male herb. 
Or is it good meal? Licorice is a good meal. Licorice is the one that men of a certain age need to be cognizant, okay. especially if you have it has has phytoestrogens or creates estrogens. Uh, it it not does much, work, but for it, some people, yeah, clearly didn't work for my father. Huh. Yeah, yeah, no, it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. no, that was it was a and it was a good. I mean, his behavior off of coffee, mm-hmm. um, you know, match that with his bipolar, yeah, uh, problems that he constantly struggled with the, the licorice was something that really helped him out a lot. And, you know, yeah. he didn't have a uh, high blood pressure right. throughout his whole life. And I know for people that have high blood pressure problems, then they'll get, uh, deglycerized the, D, yeah. uh, DC, G, the DGL. Yeah. DGLA. They'll get yeah. those. And that's sometimes they'll combine them with ginger or something like that, which is also a mild stimulant. Right. But for my dad, just plain old licorice tea, and well, that yeah, kept and go on, and that's part of what makes the question complex. If your sluggishness right. has to do with the improper digestion, not mm-hmm. absorbing your nutrients, that sort of thing, right? That can make you sluggish. Mm-hmm. And if you fix that, then you're stimulated. Right. And, and it's not really that you're stimulated; it means that you're just functioning optimally. Yeah. So, so that was working for your dad. Yeah. What other herbs are there that are not the common tea, coffee kind of thing? I know you got a, you got yeah, a list Yeah, we got a little there. list here with the rosemary. Rosemary. Really? Uh, yeah. I yes. thought that. Rosemary is a nice, gentle stimulant. Huh. Mm-hmm. Especially the essential oil as an aromatherapy, like in an aromatherapy burner or if you do a personal scent mix, like a personal oil or perfume mm-hmm. style. It's really one of the good ones. It helps stimulate your um, brain function. So yeah. for those of us who have to study or are needing to have, you know, that sort of thinking mind needs to stay intact. Yeah, I wouldn't take it one. as a straight tincture. I wouldn't take it as a straight tea either. No. Because no, it would be so no, astringent no. and yeah, way too much a, flavor. It's not, no. yeah. It's like yeah. taking sage tea. You know, I do that when I'm sick. Right. But it's like it's a leaf of a component aid. of something else, a part yeah. of yeah. like the Ken's are saying the essential oil blend. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you're combining it with some yeah. you right. know, when in a little green tea if you have a sprig of rosemary, that might yeah. be pretty nice what else for you got? people. What else have I got? We've got the let's see, Rishi. Rishi, yeah, that's a, big one. a good one. So yeah. the same Rishi we talked about at the beginning of the show. Correct. Yes. Anything this thing can do. Yeah, and exactly. I know, exactly. Right. Can't put right. you to sleep. Can't put you, you hit can't. someone over the head with one of those rishi mushrooms. They can be pretty they hard. Are and pretty they are pretty hard. They look like these long ears. So you need to smack them upside yep. the head with that. Yeah. Like a little club. Uh, go to cola, ginseng. Which, what, what, what was that first one? Go to cola. That go one, to, I That sounds like a cola you get at the store. Yeah, yeah. Go maybe later it will be. Go is to it, cola. Is it a South American? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Polynesian. Oh, is it Polynesian? And one of the things about it is that it was used. And here's the caveat for some people it was really used as part of their culture mm-hmm. in polynesia so some people feel like using it just as a stimulant is kind of not very respectful just yeah. to sit there and use it to to get all zapped up that's kind of know? like the modern the more recent use of cocoa patrick had mentioned before the show that people Snorting are using the cocoa, cocoa. bean like that as raves. a stimulant yeah. yes. raves yeah I, I just no. have okay. So in my mind, you're talking about young people sitting around snorting cocoa, and so in my mind, there's just these little brown know, rings right? around people's noses. So and, they're brown noses. Empty cans. That's where our, my maturity is. Yep. Of Hershey's Swissiness Hershey's and yeah, strung out. You know, Hershey cans <laughs> everywhere. But I don't know. I don't. It sounds there's, cute. There's a modern movement 
that's cropped up in the la- not last decade or so. Last mm-hmm. few years, I've noticed it getting particularly strong. Where there was this one fellow, and I can't remember his name. But he's like a bona fide shaman type. He's a European born, but lives has been living down in South America. I can't remember Ecuador, I think, but wherever. Yeah, he's been living there for a while, and he's been cultivating doing cocoa beans and trees and making sacred cocoa mixes. Mm. And he's doing it in the traditional fashion and he's selecting like pods from this tree at this time and that tree at that time. I mean, he's really dialed in and he's become popular, I guess you could say amongst the younger crowd. And Mm -hmm. it's a growing movement of more and more people are beginning to import real cocoa nibs and real cocoa beans and, roast your own and all of that sort of thing. And there he, this fellow, I believe he has a small company that exports or give or makes cocoa blends designed for your ceremony. I think it's called ceremonial cocoa. Right. And there's those companies doing ceremonial style cocos and similar preparations that are starting to, to proliferate more. I think it's more popular on the West coast of America and the Southwest than it is probably throughout the rest of the country. But I'm you know, seeing it starting to grow, and I'm betting that that's why people are starting to use this at Cocoa Raves. It's, yeah, that could be. Raves. I don't know. Oh, man. I think it's the same thing as people, like weed was, marijuana was used, cannabis was used as a ceremonial. Right. You know? So it was tobacco. Yeah. I don't know and about then, the ceremony thing. I think <clears throat> they just want to get the effect. I don't think it has anything to do with any kind of connection well, to a higher power. No, that's thing. what no, it no, was no, no. way back when, and I think it just was like, oh, yeah, let's slap on some reggae music now and enjoy <laughs> yeah. you know? So Cocoa Cocoa. Is is this stimulant? Is there anything else on our list? Yeah, uh, one of the things that we have an article on our website about that I recommend to people is uh, roseroot, rhodiola rosa. Oh yeah, that's and, a good one. Um, one of our uh, podcast guests uh, who wrote Icelandic herbs. Um, oh, Anna Rosa. Yeah, Rosa. Yeah, yeah, Anna Rosa Robert Starter. She had a wonderful article. She was. A, yeah, she she was kind enough to submit that article, and we put that on on roseroot, and that's not an herb I've used that much just uh, sometimes for specific people in the clinic. It's worked wonders. It's a wonderful, wonderful herb. Stuff. I've used that one. I, in fact, I have a little bottle of that and I didn't realize when she kept referring to rose root, I didn't... Rode, you're thinking rhodiola. I always think of it as rhodiola. That's mm-hmm. what we call it. And I, I keep a bottle in there and I use it drop by drop because uh-huh. it's really... It is a really good it's a stimulant. stimulant. Yeah. yeah, and it helps but, with clarity. Yes. Not just like, oh, I'm really excited and now yes. I'm shaking. But actual clarity, yeah. Yeah. Suggesting people use it if they have to study or something like that. And yeah. Suck in more stuff. It's a it's right. a great little herb and yeah. And I'm I'm pretty impressed with it. It works for people that are just starting um, menopause too. Yes. So and they that's, find they get that fogging in which you're that's probably exactly yeah. and when I use it for that, it's you know, like I said, it's like three drops. You mm-hmm. know, it's a really the taste is not as strong. awesome. Yes. 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 So yes. Let's, let's boil it down. So go ahead and list off all of the herbs that we okay. have mentioned here. So we talked about rosemary and ginseng and herba mate, go to cola, reishi, rhodiola, and then our caffeine favorites, cocoa, c- coffee, and tea. And there's a couple of essential oils we should throw out there if you yeah. just want a little sniff of something to get yourself going. Uh, orange essential oil, peppermint essential oil, and pine or spruce essential oil. And that might be something that, for instance, for long trips, I used to keep a little essential oil in my, in my car. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not drinking something so I don't have to stop at every rest stop. 
Yeah. But it's, you know, just a little, I put a little right below my neck there. I wonder if that has anything, any connection with those silly green pine oil trees. Maybe. Probably. Maybe. I never Probably. even connected, I never even thought about that. I just that's thought, smart. Yeah. I just yeah. never thought about that. <laughs> Maybe that's, that's how they, why they did it. Who Maybe. Knows? I don't know. But I do know that, that it does, you know, makes, it invigorates you when you yeah. smell that smell of pine. You go into a pine forest and, whoa, it just makes you feel really good. And yeah. Oh, I so, thought that was just being outside in the woods. That's part of it. <laughs> yes. Well, and pine, when you've like got a cold and that sort of thing, pine is, stimulates your immune system and your body in general, yeah. but it's mild. It's not. Pine tea. Yeah. You know, adding something that's a little easier on the stomach with that is really gets you feeling yeah. good. And all that's, mm-hmm. all the vitamin C, I mean, that's a stimulated yeah. cell. So. Yeah, so that's a pretty good list and a very nice. So we'll have links to, play with. to the articles that are on our website mm-hmm. uh, and a list of those um, particular herbs. Now it's time for herbalism and homesteading news. Now we're going to talk about an article that we found on the internet, which is on a website called Aquarian Dawn, and the article is written by a woman named Amber Magnolia Hill. And the article was posted May 15th, 2016, called So You Want to Be a Hashtag Plant Witch Guidelines for Budding Herbalists Using Social Media. <laughs> yeah, this one I saw, it's been going around the social media. It's it been has reposted been. and shared a lot. It's got a little hot topic there. I was a little bit put off by it, but I didn't actually read it. What I kept seeing was people who were sharing it. And I'm really boiling this down, but essentially saying if they're not certified, don't believe them. They're bad herbalists. They're mm-hmm. not really herbalists. And that well, was what I kept seeing, the, the comments seeming to be from it. And then you put it on the on mm-hmm. our the Practical Herbalist yeah. uh, page. And I thought, okay, now I should actually read the article instead of just getting mad about people's comments. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Don't ever read the comments <laughs> section. Know, right? I mean, that's... Skip uh, the comments. Sometimes people just... It, but it is a hot topic. It's a it hot is. topic and for very good reasons. And the thing I liked about the article, the reason why I put it on in the first place is she has the guidelines. The guidelines actually she says, good. wait a few years before selling herbal products and then don't dispense advice online and find more creative ways to share them than just repackaging someone else's information. And then her last piece is, and please, for the love of all that is good and holy in this world, if you are a distributor for an essential oil network marketing company such as Young Living or Duterra, do not consider yourself an herbalist, healer, or plant witch, medicine woman, or anything of the sort. Yes. <laughs> there yes. are some great ones out yeah. there. I, I do know a friend who has been a seller of one of these items, and she she does a lot of work, and she's got a, a beautiful attitude in, on life in general. Uh, but she doesn't pretend to be an herbalist. Yes. You know. It'd be nice if, like the Pampered Chef representatives, they would be representatives of the company and their products, uh-huh. but not pretend to be chefs. Right, right, right. Exactly. I mean, you know, that seems reasonable. Mm-hmm. You're not an herbalist or an aromatherapist just because you sell products from a company that does essential oils. Yes. You're not, but there's this idea that you are. Um, yeah. You know, I know that that prevails. I've seen that in a few of the networking groups that I've been part of is someone will stand up and say that they're, you know, they you know, they sell Duterte or they sell Young Living. And right away there's four people, oh, I got to talk to you about what, what, what. Like, right. She's oh, gosh, not, yes. uh, you know, unless mm-hmm. you know, she hasn't or he hasn't stated he's an herbalist. 
he's just a representative of the company. Right. Mm-hmm. But you have this idea that because they that, they must have some knowledge. Right. Right. The company doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. train them in herbs, herbalism, aromatherapy, the science of essential oils, yeah. healing, spiritual modalities for healing. No, no, none of that stuff yeah. is part of their, they're just training their people how to sell their products. When I first started you know? uh, Master Gardener, uh, they told us, you're going to work the hotline and there will be somebody, at least one person every single year that comes in and says, look at my rash. Can you tell me if this is caused by bugs? <laughs> and I was like, oh, har, har, har. And then, yeah, true, fact, true, true, true. Can you look at my rash? Look back here. I'm like, I'm not a doctor. I'm, right. I am giving plant advice. Yes. You know, I, yeah, yeah I can, I can do some basic bug ID, but you know, I can't. No, I'm not a doctor. Just if I have a first aid kit in my car, does that make me a doctor? I'm also not a doctor. Right. But we, you know, part of that is the our culture where we keep people away from pretty vital information yeah. combined with the internet, which has a variety of great information and also really terrible bald-faced lies. Terrible yes. lies. Terrible lies. Yeah. And terrible lies sometimes coming from people with letters after their names, mm-hmm. which really drives me crazy. There are a few notable, very well-known figures in our media who have spouted information about herbs that's just plain wrong. Right. And I'm thinking about a particular personality that rhymes with Boz. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't want to get sued or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's tough. You got, when you start turning something into a a weekly show where you have to talk every single week about something, you run out of topics. So I think I would. So I would start, Making more jumps in my, well, let's talk about this. and Well, especially when it's got to be sensational every single week. Yeah. If you have to have an Oprah-level kind of show. Yeah. You're putting on a show. You're no longer educating. What's the difference between throwing exclamation points on something and just distorting the truth? Right. So there's... You know, or, I, I get it at some point. but Or it's the ads that you see on, on the internet, the weight loss, you know, the, yes, the little flash the little by where it shows, you know, fat, you know, overweight and skinny, overweight yeah. and skinny, overweight yeah. and skinny. Or, you know, these other things, I get inundated by this junk mail of, you know, mm-hmm. amazing herbal tonics. And right. Like, well, why? Then. How did this happen? And if you want to really wreck the fact that we have a relatively free our ability to have freedom to, to practice as Herbalists mm-hmm. keep doing this, and the FDA was on crashing down. And As we'll they be have, living, and we'll be living in a country like Iceland where we can have you know talk about twenty herbs. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think the thing that makes me angry about it is that in our culture, we've had this the last you know fifty, seventy years or so. We've been slowly told that we should give up our responsibility for our own health. We should give up our authority and power for our own health. As you know, we've had more and more of the health insurance systems and the pharmaceuticals and the doctors all being the gods, essentially. Mm-hmm. And we're coming out of that a little bit. But when we have people doing this irresponsible stuff, it's it, I'm, I'm afraid the government's going to say, oh, well, we got to shut that down like they did with the Fedra. Oh, my right. God. Or cannabis. Oh, my God. Right. We've got to shut that down. We're going to control that. And now... People who legitimately want to just take care of their own bodies and make their own choices are no longer allowed to. Mm-hmm. I mean, even our health insurance system that we have currently going is really, it's unconstitutional in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't see how the government can say, yes, you must give your money to a third party who will make decisions about your health care. Right. And, and you're, we're taking the money and the, essentially the power out of your pocket, giving it to somebody else mm-hmm. who doesn't 
have any vested interest in you. Hell, it's Kelly for all. So how does that, you know, but how does that really react with that, with the particular article here? It's, you know, I think this conversation that, that, uh, Amber Magnolia Hill is having publicly on the internet about how too many irresponsible people are just spewing out plant factoids that they, God knows where they got some of them is a reaction to just what you were saying is people giving away their power. And now people are starting to take education back, but not everybody has been taught how to sift through that information. They don't know how to read research. They don't know how to make those decisions. So they're wanting to put their trust somewhere and they're not sure how. It's just part of our process. All we need is for someone to write an article, like she quotes in the article there, she says in the article, she's actually seen some essential oil company representatives suggest that you should put chamomile oil, essential oil in your baby's eyes. My mouth. Or my mouth, mouth yeah. or whatever. I'm like, don't do don't that. that. Yes. Yes. Hello. No. Please don't Any, burn you know, the hell out of your baby's Obvious. Mouth. Obvious no. I mean, right. you know, even a simpleton should know better than that. But, but the if truth is, because yeah. of what we've been trained for the last century almost, we've trust been trained. Trust the pro. Yeah, we've been trained to trust the supposed pros and... And now so many people are claiming to be pros that aren't pros. Right. right. And there's right. there's right. where the problem is. And it, yeah. that, but that's a natural part of getting people more empowered. Yes. Is that people yeah. don't know what to do with that empowerment. So they're using it irresponsibly. That's part of the process. Yes. So yeah. I, and I I'm think frustrated, by, but I understand it. Part of what I think had made me angry about the discussions I was seeing is that I'm a completely self-trained herbalist. I have no letters after my name. I'm also not a clinical herbalist, and I'm quite clear about the fact that I don't want to be a clinical mm-hmm. herbalist. That doesn't mean I don't know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean that I don't have practice. I practice on the guinea pigs in my house right. and my neighbors and my friends regularly. They ask. I practice on them. We see if it works. <laughs> I tell them flat out, I'm not sure if this will work. I'm right. not. You have to be responsible for the farm. If you're taking pharmaceuticals, I don't want to help you because I don't know enough. I'm yeah, not, you don't know the interactions. You know, I don't be. know how the, this drug may or not interact with right. the herb. You that, find out for yourself. Yeah, go, you go you figure do that the out. Information. Exactly. Well, so, I, I know, listen to I, you answer somebody's question. And they say, "What am I supposed to do with this?" You'll say, "Well, I've read this and I and I've heard about this, so I would say that's where you can start." Right. Yeah. And but talk you to almost your never. You never. You never prescribe. Never. No. 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 You never. And, no. And, and and I think a lot of the stuff that we're talking about is they don't even say. Here's what I've heard. You should get a second opinion. Yes. They're like just spouting it like they know. Oh, yeah. You know, the, right. what are essential oils good for colic? Right. right. Or right. people that are on Facebook and they put a picture up of a rash and they say, what should I take for this rash? And right. you yeah. have a bounty of answers saying, oh, take this, take you know, this. take calendula, take this, take that. Nowhere like do I see until it's some annoyingly nerdy person like myself saying, excuse me, can you tell me about allergies? Can you tell me about number one? If you have a rash, go to the doctor. Never seek yeah. advice on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, but it's not yeah, a nice place for please don't your look for, Yeah, please don't. This is not diagnosis. a substitution for a doctor. These are a room full of strangers. You walk right. on an elevator, lift your shirt and say, look what's on my belly. Can Anybody someone know? here? Yeah. yeah. And everybody in the they elevator is like scooting to the phone. Yeah. <laughs> they should, but in <laughs> Facebook, they scoot closer. Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you got there? What is that? Can I smell it? Everybody's yeah. asking. Yeah. So but that's you know, I think dangerous. It could be a symptom of, of the larger problem that we've talked about multiple times, which is the reason why people are seeking that advice is because they can't the go see their doctor. They the can't go see their doctor. Yes. You know, broken. It's, yeah. it's yeah. broken that way. So it's not, so if it is a rash, it is serious. They, you know, they, you know, 
it's too difficult to go to the doctor or costs too much to go to the doctor. It does, right? yeah. There's not enough practo- uh, practologists. Right. There's not <laughs> enough practitioners out there because expensive. And it's uh, expensive. It, it's yeah. expensive to go to college, yes. you know, so we don't have people that are saying, well, it's well worth it to me to go to medical school. I will just, right. I will graduate with this huge debt that I may very well die with mm-hmm. unless I'm going to be right. a plastic surgeon. And also I have a certain insurance that allows me to go to like five different doctors and they are all way overbooked. So I can't see people even with my insurance. Even if you do get in to see one of those doctors, you you get seven minutes minutes Mm -hmm. and they ask you the exact same questions you've answered three times. Right. And that chews up almost all of your time with them. So you get almost no. Yeah. So you end up with a, a symptom Here's a symptom yeah. prescription. Yeah. That's what you yeah. end up with. So the healthcare system's got to change. And the way that we get information somehow has to change. It's still got to continue on its evolution. And I'm glad we're, you know, at this stage I'm glad of we're it. Having, yeah, I'm glad we're starting to have this conversation about, about it. And I'm glad that people are starting to realize that they need to do more research for yeah. their own health. So yeah. if there's a, a bit of advice you could give to somebody that, is looking for uh, an herbal help herbally and they see this on Facebook, mm-hmm. what should be their next step if they see the solution to their supposed problem? Their supposed problem. Minimum of three sources and three make sources. sure that all three of those sources use different words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, no kidding. Yeah, that is right? one of those. Is, when I do searches copies. on, I do a lot of magical herbalism and mm-hmm. I do a lot of searches on that. And I find that 95% of the sources that I'll find on a given herb they're quoting the, the the words are the same. It's the same information mm-hmm. being quoted. Right. And, you know, it's right. almost like everybody just decided to pull out their Scott Cunningham and copy what he said and put it on their blog post and change two words and thought Maybe that was change okay. two words. Sometimes it's exactly Sometimes. word for word. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, make sure your three sources are three different people that clearly have read and studied different off or have you right know. they have a diversity of education yes. you know they yeah, yeah that's the big yeah. diversity helps a lot if you find the same paragraph on three different websites that's not three sources that's one source yeah it's just been cut and pasted on yeah. multiple places the internet is not a substitution for a doctor or a dentist no, nor is diagnosis. it yeah, yeah. Diagnosis or, or a psychologist by the way or, or a certified <laughs> or, or well, not certified but a, a practicing herbalist right Right. it's not a substitute you can start there but don't end there right Right. yeah you can get some ideas and then go to someone who's made their life understanding what this is about and just like you go to webmd to search something and find out what you might have then you take that to the doctor and say i might have this yeah it might be jungle fever (laughs) but it may not be you know exactly that checked out keep looking into it yeah so that's kind of where we're at with that. Right. I, I think, think so. Right? Yeah. So, all right. Well, the next show is coming up next week. Show 48. 48. 48. 48. Almost, almost 48. Wow. And we're going to be talking with? We're going to be talking with Maria Noel Groves. Yeah. She's got a new book out, Body into Balance. We'll be talking mm-hmm. about that. I'm excited to hear about her path into herbalism. It's a beautiful book. Yes, absolutely gorgeous. Very yeah. much looking forward to that. Yeah, the charts are pretty cool that, that we looked at and saw. And, mm-hmm. you know, and we're looking forward to looking forward to talking with her. Yeah. She's coming all the way here to talk to us. That's awful nice of her. That's we don't exciting, have to hear that yes. Skypey crackle, which you hate so much, Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> well, not the crackle as much as the echo. But the I think echo, we fixed that. Right. I think we fixed that. The last yeah. episode didn't have it. Yeah, so, I'm looking forward to this. This will be nice. Yeah. All right. 
This show is brought to you by Occupy Medical, free integrated healthcare for all, Sundays 12 to 4 in downtown Eugene, Oregon. Visit their site at occupy-medical.org.